The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello, welcome power. to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast preview show for round 15 versus Richmond. The game will be on Friday night at Adelaide Oval. We've had a week off thanks to the bye, which I know I've certainly enjoyed. Uh, Macca, Macca's joining me tonight. How's your week been? Mate, wonderful. Yeah? We didn't lose. How good oh, is that? Oh my God, that's not bad. That's incredible. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Oh dear, excellent. Excellent. All right, well look, we'll launch right into it because Macca's informed me that he's just ready to... Um, ready to, to rumble. He's ready to just keep talking and talking all night, so we better get going. Um, Kane Mitchell is back, I suppose, is the first hot topic. Um, he's been elevated from the rookie list. He's been named in the side. Um, my question is, why? My response would be, why not? Well, I mean, I'm not saying that there's anyone that would be particularly better than him, but I'm just not sure what we get out of playing him. Look, it's an interesting decision, I have to say. Yeah. I did have a, a bit of a chuckle to myself this morning when I saw uh, the article saying, oh, he's been um, he's been added to the senior list and he's going to play. I thought, oh, yes, people's favourite. Kane Mitchell is back. <laughs> he's a ripper. Can't wait for the melts. The melts start early today. That's good. Yeah. Well, had to have I... the afternoon off work for, uh, for fear of what was going to happen on the forum. <laughs> Well, I mean, the fact that he's sort of come straight in and he's replaced in, like, Jared Pollock's not back in, you'll notice. Um, so, oh. uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird one. If we're talking about how we're looking at the second half of the year as being an opportunity to play younger players and gel a newish side together, um, then it's probably hard to justify. Um, if you're looking at the second half of the year as maybe we're still trying to make the finals, I guess there might be a case for it. But then if we don't make finals, you have to kind of query it. Um, it could also be that they're doubling down, or I suppose by this time quadrupling down, on work ethic as the main reason to get selected in the team. And then if Kane Mitchell's working his ass off every week, even if he's on the rookie list, that should get him in the side over someone that isn't trying hard. Look, I think it's just fair that we uh, that we replace like for like. Midget with bad kick comes out. Midget with bad kick comes in. So <laughs> it sort of fits, you know. <laughs> uh, sometimes people say I'm harsh, but that was pretty harsh, Maka. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do like Kane. We've spoken about Kane a lot. And, uh, you know, he's played some really good games hmm. against some really, really good opposition against in- informed teams. And that's probably been his best games have been about uh, against teams like Hawthorne and Frio and, and yeah. in the showdown. So I don't mind him. I don't mind him. His, his bad is horrendous, but his good is actually pretty good. Yeah, he's certainly an unusual kind of player. And he's the sort of player that, I suppose, I mean, at the start of the year going into a final series, as we thought, He's the sort of player that you would keep on your rookie list because you do know he can yeah. come in and play a role and he doesn't wilt against the top sides. Yeah, um, but in our situation now, I guess that's why it's a little more baffling. Like if we were, you know, uh, inside the eight and we were maybe edging towards top four and we decided we wanted to activate him as an option in case we need him in finals, then yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But in this season, I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh. It is a little bit of a strange decision, but I don't know. It might work. You never know. Hmm. And the big news, um, not for us, big news for other people, Tom Boyd and Zane Cord banned from the Bulldogs for fighting each other drunk. Oh, is that right? <laughs> and yeah. you feel President Gordon, hey, Mr. Oh, Charlie Dixon's a bad recruit because he's uh, he's off the leash, can't control him. Huh? Sort your own team out, sunshine. <laughs> well, I think you should always, that sunshine is the perfect one for the Western Bulldogs. But um, I think that with Charlie Dixon, when some random president comes out like that, maybe they just failed to get him. So maybe yeah. it's a double hit. Look, is it, I mean, it's it's an interesting one. I think the dogs have tried really hard to keep this under wraps. I think mm. it happened quite a few weeks ago. And I like the, uh, I like the phrase that he accidentally hit um, Zane Cordy. Like how do you how do you get drunk, get in a fight with someone, and accidentally hit them? I think drunk people accidentally do a lot of things. Yeah, it's not really an accident when you're fighting someone, though, is it? Really? No, no, no. quite right. No, no, no. Maybe no. Tom Boyd can accidentally play a decent game at AFL level at some point. Well, and, he, uh... apparently he was in line to get pretty close to called up this week, so um, he's really yeah. chosen a very bad time for his little display, but. Um... 
There you go. He's going at about $5 million a goal at the moment. So, yeah, uh, someone pointed without out Without Ronaldo, that... there's someone else that's, uh, that's getting more money than you. Someone pointed out that $5,000 fine he's had is equivalent to two days' pay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Uh, so, yeah. I'm just jealous. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's okay. We've got Charlie Dixon, so they can get staffed. Hooray. So one, <laughs> so one, one thing we can say, haha, sucked into the dogs this year, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we'll get into the the um, the under eighteen championships. They've just completed. Uh, an all Australian yes. side's been named, and there's been a few SA players named. Uh, Macca has apparently been watching all of them. Um, I went live to the two games at Etihad Stadium, um, and I have my own views. But uh, I suppose we'll just start off with the SA guys that went over in the all Australian side, because in theory they're the ones that I suppose are most likely for Port to be saying mm, maybe. Yeah. And we'll start with Jack well, Graham, Macca. What's your thought on Jack Graham? Jack Graham, interesting player. He, mm. uh, he won the Lark medal, which I thought was a little bit surprising. I thought there was probably other players who had um, maybe some more consistent form. Graham was really well held against uh, Metro, I thought. Um, but apart from that, he had a really great championships. Uh, really interesting player um, and how he's going to fit into the AFL system, I think. Because, look, he's 183 centimetres. I think he's about 85 kilos. He looks like a man already. Um, does he have that scope for improvement that some other players have? Uh, not too sure about that one. He's a little bit slow. His kicking mm. is a little bit, you know, I maybe think, yes. not that good enough at this right. point. Um, but you never know. I mean, you, you look at guys like uh, Sam Mitchell and what they've done at AFL level, and, and he's very much a similar player to Sam. So, Yeah, look, um, I've got pretty similar concerns on Jack. Uh, at 183 centimetres, like that's, you know, for an outside runner, that's probably okay. Um, for an inside player, they've got to be extremely good. They've got to have a lot to make up for that um, mm. in today's game. And I have to agree with you. Like His disposal for me was really concerning, not just for the quality of it, but just for the, the depth of it. Um, you know, I, didn't think he, I don't think he had any real accuracy, but I don't think he was making the decision-making, uh, doing the decision-making all that well either. Yeah. Um, if he can scale it up, it would be really interesting to see. Um, the main concern I have about his accuracy, though, is that at this level, he has more time than he will ever have again in his career if he's drafted. Yeah. Um, and if he's getting that much time as an inside player and he's at, what, I think the game I saw is about 60% efficiency from memory. Um, there's not a lot of scope for improvement as the game gets faster around him, I wouldn't have thought. But, yeah. he's, but he has... But you never know. He might trim down, he might get a little bit he faster, might. he might lose a couple of kilos and gain a little bit of speed, but... Look, I mean, you can't deny the fact that he's a wonderful stoppage mid. He was pr- oh, just yeah. about the best stoppage mid um, yep. going around, really. And he reads the play exceptionally well. He gets his hands on the ball and, and just the way he could sort of burst free of the pack, even though it wasn't all that fast away from the pack. But the, the fact he can get free and then, then deliver um, a, a decent kick, I guess, um, on occasion, if, if he can tighten up his foot skills a little bit more, um, and maybe make some smarter decisions going forward. Um, he will definitely suit AFL level. Um, but he's one that, um, even though he's won the Lark medal, I'm not really expecting him to go first round. I think he looks more sort of like a second or a late second round pick. Yeah, look, I think he's the sort of player that if everything works out, he'll be a, a really good solid secondary midfielder. So, um, look, I can't think of a direct comparison off the top of my head, but um, I think that he has got he would have a place at AFL level, but I don't think he's going to be the sort of midfielder that you go, oh, my God, you know, they'll come out and win brown lives. I don't think he'll ever be that kind yeah. of player, but he can still be a As I said, you, you know, guys like Sam Mitchell, he's, he's pretty comparable to him. Maybe Andrew Swallow as well. You know, guys that are really sort of inside, lack a bit of pace, but just know how to win the bowl, and, and sometimes that's just the most important thing. Absolutely. All right, and next one, Jaunty Sharonberg, Macca. Big Johns, yeah, he's uh, he's one that really impressed me. And look, he's um, he's I think rated a little bit higher than what Jack Graham is. Um, yep. He's got a little bit more poise, he's a bit more consistent, and a bit more damaging as well. I think in terms of comparison, I think he's um, it's pretty comparable to someone like Scott Thompson or maybe um, Callum Ward, maybe Jack Redden. Um, again, he's he's a very strong inside midfielder who can also find the ball on the outside with ease. Um, got a lot of the ball at the championships. Really clever at the stoppages. Has really quick hands. Good frame to build a body around, I think. Um, he, he looks like he could really grow into his body and become quite a strong lad. Um, and just knows how to accumulate, accumulate the ball. Um, and I could also see him playing off a back flank or a forward flank at AFL level as well. Yeah, look, I mean, you see that he's got the parts to at least be an AFL player. And he'll, you'd say he'd definitely go or he'll go in the top 
30 picks, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's definitely potential there. Whether he's a need for Port, maybe, maybe not. Um, I need to hit the tapes pretty hard myself, and I'm sure that Port are doing that as well. Um, yeah. But he's right up there, I think, for consideration. Um, yeah. I th- it might be a tiny... There might be better players available at our first pick, but yeah. I think he's going to be just... Right down the line, a consistent pick where you go, yeah, I think we can rely on him to play 100-plus games of AFL yep. footy at a decent standard. Yeah, absolutely. All right, the next one is Alex Villas, who I can tell you sitting at the game watching him play against um, Big Country, he's very visible, uh, which usually means to me, like when I see the player a lot, that they're usually fairly outside, and I think that the stats kind of bear that up. But yep. he gets involved a lot. He gets involved in a fair amount of team stuff and he's got a good idea for where the ball's going. So he's got some good instincts. I kind of felt, I feel like if he gets drafted, you'd really want him to be at a team that has really strong team rules because I think that he's the sort of player that could get caught up in the same thing that a lot of our players have done in the past, which is the sort of the one-two handball bullshit. Yeah. Where you sort of hang around a few metres away, <clears throat> get the ball and then hand pass it back or, or, the, or the opposite and maybe not be as useful as they could. But I thought he did pretty well and he certainly did well enough. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when watching him play, the very first thing that I thought was he, he reminds me so much of Sam Cahoon. Like just mm, the mm. way he plays, the way he can just sort of accumulate the ball across half-back, um, gets forward of the play. As you said, he, he does get involved in some one-two sort of stuff. Um, but you just know he's going to get that sort of 20, 25 touches every week. Um, and, and he's definitely got AFL scope, I think. Um, he should be a pretty decent pick for someone in around about the third round, I would think. Yeah, he's got a huge tank, you can tell. I mean, he would have been right yeah. at the top for metres covered, I'd say. Yeah. Um, next up is Sam Walker, key, defend, uh, key position defender. Um, any thoughts on Sam? Uh, not too much. I mean, I guess when you're watching these um, sorts of games, I guess the, the key defenders maybe um, get left out a little bit. Mm. Um, I thought Jack Maybaum was probably the best key defender of the championships, but Sam Sam Walker played pretty well. I think he's a little bit shorter than um, than some um, so might be uh, might be decent as that sort of tall um, back flanker, like a, yep. an O'Shea or a Stewart, that sort of role. Yeah. Um, and, and again, he knows how to find the ball and, and uses it pretty well coming out of the back line. So um, not sure whereabouts he might go in the draft, but um, maybe a little bit later on. Yeah, no, I thought that um, the thing that really um, worked for him that I, made him a bit exceptional in my mind was probably just that he had really good vision down the field. Um, yeah. And that, you know, that's invaluable as a defender. So that was really good yeah. to see. Um, next up, Brennan Cox, the last of the All-Australian, South Australian boys. Yeah, did a good job um, against WA, I think yep. against um, Country as well. Um, let Patrick Kerr off the leash a little bit against Metro in, in his game in the, uh, in the last quarter. But again, he played, a, he played pretty well, and I think that's a pretty fair, um, fair result, him getting All-Australian. Yeah, look, um, I think that he's probably played well enough. Um, I don't think there's a lot exciting about his game, if you know what I mean. Like, he's a key defender. Nah. I don't think you're ever going to no, see anything really exciting about his game. Straight down the line, no frills, key defender. Yeah, <laughs> Sim- I mean, simple as that, I think. You'd be pretty happy to have him on your list, I think. But if, if we didn't have Clory, for example, like if Clory decided yeah. he wanted to go somewhere else, I wouldn't be upset with, with um, bringing in someone like Brennan Cox. So it'd be okay, yeah. I reckon. Tom Clory was the first person that I thought of watching him play as yeah. well. So, yeah. yeah, he's a very similar player. All right, now, I guess apart from the SA boys, looking through the All-Australian side, is there anyone there that you sort of think, oh, gosh, you know, he'd be a perfect fit for us? Oh, heaps. <laughs> yeah? For which one? Like, Ab- like specifically for Port? Absolutely heaps. Um, I mean, looking in the first round, any players that sort of fit our game plan, maybe, I'd love for us to snag another pick or two in the top 30 because I mm-hmm. think there's some real value. Um, I think there's plenty of players that would fit... Um, the, the way that sort of Ken Hinckley tries to play. And I, and I guess the first one that really stands out in the first round would be Andrew McGrath. I think he'd be an absolutely perfect fit. Super quick, takes the game on, um, has a lot of Jarman Impey about him or, or David Wojcinski. Um, in the terms of his physical traits and how he really likes to create from the back line, um, has played plenty of footy down there as a running creative defender. Um, but has also shown a major trade in going through the middle as well. Um, won a lot of clearances and, and has changed the course of games throughout the championships. He would have been my pick for the Lark medal. Okay. Um, I thought he was a major reason why Metro won at least at least two games. Um, and there was a game this year that he had at uh, TAC Cup level for Sandringham where he had 44 touches, 6 marks, 19 tackles and 14 clearances. That's not bad. That's uh, <laughs> That's a decent game. <laughs> 
in, in anyone's language, that's uh, that's right up there, I think. And um, that sort of pace and just his ability to to, uh, to take the game on, I think, would suit our game style perfectly. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, but do you think it'd be a need for us? Uh, look, I think um, his yeah. AFL scope is as a midfielder um, and okay. that sort of uh, first or second possession out of a, a stoppage. But as I said, you know, if you're picking out 14 clearances in a game, no matter where you're playing and, and what level, I mean, you've got that ability to, to, to see the play and read the play and, and get first hands on the ball. And um, I think he's going to be right up there. He, he would probably be gone by our first pick unless we um, don't win another game, I don't think. But, um, yeah, he'd certainly be right up there for mine. I, th- I think the next player would be Daniel Venables, who's got the power, strength and, uh, and pace. Mm. A really big impact player. Has those sort of danger field traits and, and kicked an absolute ripper goal um, yesterday, uh, bursting out of a, a centre clearance and shrugging off a tackle and goaling from 50. And I think that would have been a mouth-watering for all the, the recruiters there. And he probably had uh, two or three of the best individual highlights of the carnival for me as well. And he doesn't get a lot of the ball at this point, but um, he's had some of the biggest moments um, in the under-18 so far this year. So he'll be right up there as well. Fantastic. Um, there was one other person named, but unfortunately they're not even in the draft this year, and that'd be Sam Hayes. Um, he's yeah. 200, 200 centimetres tall, and he's already like he's he's already comfortable at under 18s level, championship level. He just knows where to go. He it makes it look effortless, um, but he's obviously doing the work as well. Uh, he's going to be a really big deal next year. He's going to be an absolute monster, and mm. you can pretty much lock his name in for number one at this point in time. Yeah. He looks like the second coming of Spider Everett. You know, just these yeah. massive long arms, the, this huge reach, uh, really good kick for goal, uh, takes a strong grab, can play in the ruck. Yeah, he's going to he's going to be right up there. Yeah, look, um, he absolutely. Uh, I thought he was really good. Um, of the All Australians, uh, look, I guess. McCluggage. You've got to say McCluggage. Let's get McCluggage out there. We won't be getting him, but, gee, he's a pretty solid player, isn't he? He's, uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see who goes number one because there's probably four players that I think are capable of going number one at the moment. He, he would be my first pick. I think he's an absolute gun. Um, just knows how to deliver the footy and kicks goals mm. from all sorts of angles, wins clearances pretty quick. Um, just your, your really solid gun midfielder, I think. He's going to be an absolute star. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just moving on, we'll probably come back to some other players in a minute. Um, just talking about, I suppose, watching the SA side. Now, when I was watching the SA side, it really occurred to me how it's exactly like watching Port Adelaide right now. Uh, there was lots of run, uh, a huge amount of kicking the ball and hoping for the best. Um, and it really made me wonder, seeing as we're kind of replicating the same thing that our under-18s, the state under-18s are doing, like, do we have development coaches because they're playing that style? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, certainly pretty worrying. Uh, and the other thing that I really noticed, again, SA side, I went through and I got the team sheet and so forth to make sure that when I went to the game, I knew everyone and I didn't had a little mark next to everyone under 182 centimetres. And the SA yeah. side, again, as usual, always shorter. Um, yeah. I don't know why. It does why happen that? every year, doesn't it? Every year, every year, yeah. our side is always shorter and probably more outside as well. And I, I can't understand why that always happens. Yeah, not too sure. It just seems like our midfield every year is full of sort of 175, 177 yeah. centimetre guys. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't too bad, but um, people sort of wonder why uh, South Australian kids often aren't thought all that highly, sort of like mm. really high up the ranks. Yeah. Um, and a few people have mentioned on the forum, oh, you know, they almost won the championships and no one's rated in Callum Toomey's top 20. Well, that's probably why. There's always seems to be that sort of one query about uh, kids from South Australia, whether it's height or pace or skills or something, um, and their ability to uh, transition into the AFL. So, um, yeah, that might be why. Yeah, I think in terms of draftability, we're getting increasingly closer to being a Division 2 kind of side almost. <laughs> yeah, maybe not that bad. but Not um, quite, but closer. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think there's going to be some decent sort of kids um, that might fall a little bit from the yeah. side. So you never know. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we'll get back into a couple of specifics there. Um, were there any guys that I suppose weren't your classic um, first round top 30 kind of picks that you thought were particularly good that uh, you might want to keep in mind later on in the year? Yeah, certainly looking later in the draft. I think guys like uh, Zach Fisher, he's a, a shorter fella, but really knows how to find the footy and... Um, and really good skills as well. Alex Villas, who we've spoken about. Steve Slimming, I think, would suit our game plan pretty well, running on a wing. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he had a really good championships. 
Uh, Shy Bolton's another one who um, just has absolute pace to burn, but is probably the worst kick of a football I've seen this year. Mm. If he can fix that, he could be absolutely anything. Uh, Luke Bunker and Callum Searle uh, through the midfield were really, really impressive. I like Dylan Wimpress um, off the back flank for South Australia. Will Haywood um, up forward for South Australia has that sort of Brett Burton sort of quality about him. Really, really quick as well. I think he'd suit our game plan. And uh, Jake uh, Camilo Gianni, who played a couple of games early in the championships, I think, but uh, missed out later on. Um, I really like him as a player as well. Yeah, look, my list is a lot shorter than yours because obviously I haven't had as much exposure at this point. But um, for me, I suppose it's kind of a smoky because I'm not really, hearing, not really hearing a lot about him, but he just seemed to have the right football brain. And that's uh, Joseph Atley from Vic Country. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's really good at reading. He's got an excellent tackle. He's got a real good lockdown tackle. But he's also really good at uh, reading a developing uh, uh, contest. So when the ball hits the ground from the ruck duels, he is not necessarily right the first one in there, but he has a very good sense of where it's going and he gets to that right spot. Yeah. Um, I was really pleased with that ability um, and I would certainly not be at all unhappy to see him get picked up to port. And I think he might yeah. go through to a later pick. Um, uh, yeah, probably will. I think um, at the start of the year, he was thought of as a first-round pick. Um, yeah. It's maybe fallen down the ranks a little bit, but um, yeah. I think he's someone that if we had a second-round pick, he'd be uh, he'd be right for the picking there. Yeah, and uh, another interesting one was a surprise inclusion, I thought, um, last week of Isava Ratu-Golia, who's yeah. a key position forward <laughs> slash ruckman. Um, he was brought into the side for his first game and he, because he kicked, I think, eight goals the week before for Murray Bush Rangers. Yeah. Um, He's just a huge ball of potential. What a um, unit. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's just absolutely massive. I've been trying to find out how tall he actually is, but yeah, I haven't had yeah. much success. But he looks at least 197 yeah. and would be about, oh, would easily be 100 kilos and looks really quick, good hands. Um, and as we said, kicked eight goals in a game at tack cup level, which, uh, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, look, I mean, he's one of those guys that uh, I think the combine's going to make be a big difference in how, how he gets drafted. Uh, if he has fairly good results there, then you might expect him to really rock it up. I think from where he's coming from, uh, he wasn't. He's uh, <laughs> there's not much known about him, I suppose, at the championship level uh, because he's only just to come in. So I think yeah. he's done just enough to warrant consideration, and I think that uh, it'd be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, no, that's fair. Mm, mm. And uh, the other one, I just wanted to double it down on Stephen Slimming. Look, I was really impressed with him. Um, he, it's, he said he was a good wingman type, and I agree. But the thing that really made the difference for me is that when I was at the game, I realised I'd be able to see the outside players better. And I was really looking for guys that can run a long way, but then when they kick it, they hit the target. And that's yeah. Stephen Slimming. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that as much quite for Alex Villas, but for Stephen Slimming, like he is just so good at seeing and pinpointing that kick after a long run. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, in that current Port Adelaide side that we've got right now, he would be straight in, I reckon. Yeah, he's got that real Pollock sort of quality where he can sort of run at full pace and still knows how to hit the target, which is uh, which is pretty important. And not a lot of players can do that. Mm. So, yeah, he's one that um, I would love to see a lot more of. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, look, we're almost halfway through the podcast and we haven't really yeah. talked about the Port game, so we must we move have on. To? <laughs> we we kind of, well, we'll talk about the last time they met first because that was a win, so that's okay. That was a win. That was a good game. Yeah, yeah. Um, last time we played against Richmond was in round six of this year uh, and uh, it was in the MCG. Port won 13, I think, I think 13, 16, 94, defeating Richmond eight goals, 11, 59 for a 39 point margin. Um, Port led at every change and kept Richmond goalless in the final quarter. Um, it was a really, Really nice little result, that. And I suppose we were feeling very positive when that happened. Um, yeah. Dougal Howard was in Ruck for the whole game. I think this is the week that Jackson Trangove was out with uh, his little suspension. Uh, yeah, that's right. And uh, it was just before we unveiled the Jackson Trangove dominates the Ruck system. Um, Maka, what are your memories of this game? Do you think that we might be able to replicate the result? I went in expecting us to get absolutely hammered. And the mm. fact that we won was uh, was very, very pleasing. Um I expected Marich to absolutely dominate <laughs> the ruck against mm. Howard, and and he didn't. Like they they had a lot of hitouts, but they just couldn't get anything out the middle. And um, yeah, we had some really good performances that night. I think Youngie had a really good game. I think Impey kicked three goals as well. Um, yeah, it was it was just a good solid win, um, one that we needed at the time, and um, didn't go on with it unfortunately from there. But uh, hopefully we can uh, beat the Tigers again this week. 
Yeah, well, just on that ruck duel, I mean, it was really uh, statistically one of those hilarious games in that we had what, Sean Hampson with 39 hit-outs, Ivan Marich with 22. Our highest hit-out getter was Dougal Howard with 8. Um, <laughs> it's just really... Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that. If you ever wanted to point at a single game and say ruck hit-outs don't really mean much, I mean, it was probably this game more than any other I've seen. Um, yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenally one-sided, and and the result went completely the opposite way. Yeah, pretty um, sure we want, we actually won the clearances when you, yeah, you know, when you're getting a third of the hitouts um, is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, as far as goal kickers, uh, this was a bit of a jump breakout game for Jarman Impey. Kick three. Uh, Dixon yeah. needing Young bag two apiece. Um, and really, uh, it wasn't a high-scoring game by a lot of. I, I suppose it was all right. We didn't quite crack the hundred, but uh, it was just a really solid effort by a forward line. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they really gelled pretty well, and uh, Dixon had a really good game, I mm. thought. Um, yeah, it was a good performance. Yeah, uh, and of course, defensively, I mean, Richmond were goalless in their last quarter, kicked 59 points in total. Um, look, I think that defensively, I think we've probably still got the wood on them, potentially. Um I think one big inclusion for Richmond this week that is not a new inclusion, but uh, he was missing for our game was Alex Rance, and Alex Rance will be coming in and he'll be playing on Charlie Dixon. Um, yep. I think that his absence was pretty notable in the last time we played, um, and uh, yeah, we were able to, I suppose, have a pretty pretty easy run through the forward line. But it might be a bit different yeah. this week. Yeah, it doesn't feel like what is it eight weeks ago that this game was played. It feels like it was only three or four weeks back. Yeah, it doesn't feel like long, does it? No. no it's a bit strange, that one. But <laughs> Yeah, I guess it always feels a bit like that at this time of year, you think. Mm. And I suppose it's more notable now that we don't have the full cycle of all, all the other teams before you start doing double-ups. I guess that's probably part of it as well. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we'll move on um, to this week versus the Tigers. Uh, and we have three changes in our side. Um, Jack Homch is back. Jay Schultz is back, the campaigner. And Kane Mitchell is back. Um our outs this week are pretty similar. Dougal Howard's out uh, with his ACL, and Sam Gray and Paul Stewart have been omitted. Now, I look at those ins and out mackers, and I, and I think that they're actually not too bad. What do you think? Yeah, I don't mind. Look, obviously, Homsch back is, uh, is very welcome. Mm. Um, even though he hasn't had a great year, um, hopefully this is the turning point for his season, and he can come back in and, and play some really good footy. Uh, Jay Schultz, buddy, come back. Yes. Yeah. He's back. Oh, how long have we waited for this? Too long. Too long. Exactly yeah. right. Well, it's going it's... to be absolutely... Oh, I'm going to have the biggest smile on my face seeing uh, him and uh, Dixon start up forward. And you know, They had a pretty good partnership in round one, and unfortunately we haven't seen them since. Mm. Um, so I can't wait to see how this goes. Um, and I'm expecting big things. Yeah, if we get on top in midfield, I mean, it's one of those combinations that could be a, a very enjoyable for the game. Um, yeah. If we can get enough supply to them, I suppose that's really what it's going to come down to. Um, but anyway, we'll just quickly go through Richmond's changes. Um, they've brought back Ivan Marich, which I believe is for the first time since the last time we played against Richmond. Ah, and yeah. they brought in, and he's in for uh, Sean Hampson, and Ben Griffiths is in for Jacob Townsend. So I don't think there's a huge difference to their side. Um, oh, yeah. look, Griffiths in for Townsend, I think, is a big change. Griffiths is obviously 200 centimetres tall. He can well, play yeah. through the ruck, can play down back or up forward. It's actually had a pretty decent year, I think, this year. Marich okay. looked like an absolute cripple the last time we played and <laughs> yeah. looked absolutely finished. <laughs> and I'm being serious, he looked absolutely finished as an AFL player. He could mm. barely move um, for parts of the game. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how, how he goes in the ruck against uh, Jackson Trengo, who, as you mentioned, missed the last game um, against the Tigers. So hopefully he can jump over him and uh, get, get some pretty uh, clear hands on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just on Ivan Marich, uh, I've got to say that in the draft year he was picked, there were a few ruckmen that were drafted that year. It was a strong, or it seemed like a strong draft year for rucks. And I guess out yeah. of John Meeson, Fabian DeLuca, um, I didn't expect Ivan Marich Fab- to be the one to play the most games. <laughs> Fabulous, <laughs> delicious. What a gun. <laughs> yeah, um, Ivan Marich is the one whose stock fell drastically on draft day, and yet he's played more games than any of them. So um, yeah. food for thought, I guess. Not that he's yeah. necessarily been great, but I guess that good rucky is and not necessarily all that good. <laughs> oh, he's had a pretty good career, I guess. But for someone, yeah. I guess he's a little bit different to most ruckmen in that he looked like he had an AFL-ready body from year one. Yeah. Um, he came in looking at like an absolute tank, and usually it takes three or four years for, for ruckman to develop that sort of body. But, yeah, he played some, some decent footy for the Crows and obviously had a massive first year at Richmond. Mm. Maybe hasn't mm. gone back to that form since, but 
uh, you know, he, he can be pretty happy with his career, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just going section by section, Rux, I mean, I, you have to, I feel pretty confident about Trengo versus um, Marek and I suppose Griffiths. Yeah. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, I think Richmond's going to, um, well, would have gone through a lot of tape this week, I think, to, to work out how Trengo plays, um, you know, how he sort of tries to limit uh, the opposition Ruckman and, and how their midfielders might be able to counteract that um, and get some clearances of their own because they certainly didn't last time we met. No. Um, so that's something that uh, that their midfielders will certainly have to work on. Yeah, well, speaking of the midfield, how do you see that battle uh, shaping up? It's really interesting. I think both teams as a whole can be pretty disappointed with how they've uh, how they've played so far this year. And you would have thought at the start of the year we would have both been sort of hopefully pushing for top four and mm. hasn't worked out that way. And certainly on paper, I think mid, uh, Richmond's midfield is a top eight midfield, arguably top four, but they just haven't delivered this year. You know, Koch and Martin, Grigg, Deledio, Ellis, Miles, Edwards, on paper, is pretty great and, uh, and, and runs pretty deep as well. But uh, so far this year, it's, it's really been sort of all stats and no substance. Yeah, I mean, I think that's quite often the case for Richmond teams, though, is that you look at their teams on paper and they always look better than they are. Um, I don't yeah. think you, I don't think I can recall a single time it's looked the reverse of that. Um, that's probably largely to do with how much TV time they get and how much yeah. the, the media talk about them. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Look, they should, in theory, be doing better than they are. And Damien Hardwick, he's been at Richmond for a long time now. Uh, I don't know how he still keeps being there. Like, I don't know how that keeps happening. How does it keep happening? Like, is he heading somewhere? Is that team heading somewhere? Because I'm not sure it is. I'm not really sure. I mean, <laughs> but they would have been. Look, as we know, they've they've sort of designed their list to challenge for a flag. You know, they've brought in a lot of these um, mature age players that can sort of plug and play, and it hasn't really worked out for them. No. No. <laughs> Except for maybe Sam Lloyd, it hasn't really worked out. Um, maybe they've uh, misjudged their list, the the quality of their list. Maybe similar to how we might have done so, maybe a yeah. little bit. But you look at someone like Brandon Ellis, and I think he's the absolute perfect sort of um, player for how uh, Richmond have have really played so far in the last uh, couple of years. And you know, he's he's someone that's made the broad All Australian squad, I think at least once, maybe even twice. And but is there an A list player? Um, in the league who has less impact than Brandon Ellis. I'm not sure there is, to be honest. He just sort of sits behind the ball, um, gets the loose ball, boots it as hard as he can, doesn't get the hard ball, doesn't kick goals. Um, And he sort of sums up their side, I think, at the moment, down to a tee. Yeah, I'm just going, as far as going uh, after, I suppose, senior players uh, and whether Richmond made the same mistake that we did, I recall a really smart-ass comment that's come back to bite me that I made when free agency came in, and it was something along the lines of, uh, I'm a bit worried about free agency because I don't think that any worthwhile initiative is going to be spearheaded by Richmond, Fremantle, and Port Adelaide. Yeah. Because they were the ones that jumped straight on it right away. And look at those teams now, and it's like, yeah, it hasn't really... It's been all right. Nah. But it hasn't really done as much as, I suppose, people were thinking it would at the time, I guess, because they started changing their contracts to fit free agency. Mm-hmm. Mm. But um, anyway, uh, forward line, Jack Rewald. He kicked three goals last time. Um, I don't know. Are we worried about it forward line at all? I, I think apart from Rewald, there's not too much to be concerned about based on oh, look, the last time. Rewald's a gun. He's obviously a gun. He He's is. kicked 31 goals, averages a goal assist a game. He's uh, also averaging career high in marks. I think he's uh, he's working harder up the field um, than he has yeah. been in previous seasons. He's almost playing as a centre-half forward so far this year. and. Mm. Uh, really working hard up the field and pushing back to get into scoring position. So he's getting more of the ball, taking more marks, kicking good goals. Um, you know, he's one that can really hold his head high so far this year. I really like Tyson, uh, Tyson, Tyrone Vickery as a player. Yeah. Um, I think as a player, is there someone <laughs> who is so unjustly criticised in the in the whole AFL than Ty Vickery? I'm not sure there is, to be you honest. You think so? Yeah, yeah. He just cops crap from everybody in the media, from opposition supporters, even from his own supporters. Um, sure, he's inconsistent, but um, he's also capable of doing some stupid things sometimes. But I'd have him at the club any day, to be honest. I'd have him over Westhoff any day of the week. To really? Be and, I, was, I was just about to compare him directly to Westhoff. He, he's a very similar player in that he goes missing, but his best is really, really good. And look, he's heading towards a 35-goal season, which I think is pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, I guess that when you're looking at the matchups, 
if Vickery's having a field day against you, you know that the whole team probably isn't good enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, th- I don't, I don't look at Vickery and think, oh, he's a danger player. We've got to shut him down. Like I would never watch a game with Richmond and think that. He's yeah. more sort of like if he's playing well, you're not doing, you're not, you're not travelling all that well as it was yeah. all. So. I think I think Rewalt's the sort of player that's going to cause Homsch some issues. Yeah, um, we've seen that so far this year with some of the more mobile players. Um, Homsch cut maybe trails them a little bit too much, uh, and that um, I fear that might happen again this week. Um, with Vickery, I mean, it's going to be a really good test for Austin. I think I think they match up pretty well against each other, and uh, hopefully Austin gets the uh, gets the points in that one. I kind of think the matchups might be reversed. Personally, I'd be pretty yeah. com- I'd be pretty comfortable seeing Austin chasing Rewalt and then someone supplying a cutoff. Okay. Uh, and then I reckon Homsch versus Vickery. Um, okay. I reckon Homsch is smart enough for Vickery, personally. Yeah. Oh, I think he's definitely a smarter footballer and, uh, than Vickery. I think it's the height differential which um, which worries me a little bit, which is why I would start yeah. Austin on uh, on Vickery. Yeah, I understand that, but I suppose we're gonna if we're gonna shape the win around winning in midfield, then the height differential. It's more about controlling the space than controlling um, the contest when it's there. Yeah. yeah, I think that. I mean, that's you never really know. Good. I mean, you never know. We might have O'Shea chase Rewald around, and we yeah, might maybe. play. Um, you know, we might play uh, Homsch on Ben Griffiths instead, for example. So, yeah, never right. know. All right, now, um, coach, should we be worried about Damien Hardwick? No, not really. We'll move on through. Probably that. not. Um, <laughs> Does either side have the psychological advantage? Another easy one. I think it's definitely Port at this point. Um, yeah, I think we definitely do. We seem to beat Richmond most years. Um, you know, we obviously beat them last time. They've probably got some bad memories about Adelaide Oval. So uh, hopefully we can do it again um, at the Oval like we did a couple of years ago in the final. Exactly. Uh, and this is one of the few times the AFL scheduling has generally worked in our favour. Um, we had a bye week last week and Richmond are coming off a six-day break playing us. And travelling to Adelaide. Um, uh, so, Gil. Thank you, Gil. Yeah, what's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other little notice uh, is that the weather on Friday night is apparently going to be lovely. Uh, 15 degrees, and I think they said a 20% chance of showers, so that's not too bad. So get down to the game if you're in Adelaide. That's all right. 15 degrees. Yeah. That's almost like summer, the way that uh, winter's gone here so far. It's been bitterly oh, it's cold. It's been a cold winter, hasn't it? Been really very rough. cold and very wet, which is uh, both good and bad, I think. My well, a player that I, right I think we've uh, we've missed from the forward line is uh, Sam Lloyd. Yeah, uh, true, true. He's, he's kind of their version of Aaron Young, I think. Yes. He's, uh, he's probably right. shown glimpses in a, in his previous couple of years, but hasn't really put it together. Mm. Um, but this year, he has really put it together with some more confidence and, and some more responsibility. And, and like Youngie, he uh, he seemed to have the sub vest most weeks as well. So for him to have twenty three goals so far for the year, he's only been held goalless once. Uh, performed in some big games against the Crows, West Coast, and uh, I think I, I think he kicked the winner after the siren against Sydney as well. And he's a really dangerous player and doesn't look like he should be, but just knows how to find the footy up forward. Takes a strong grab and uh, and is really dangerous in front of goals. Yeah, look, I mean, he was a player that we talked about last time we played Richmond. Um, and the week before they played Port Adelaide, like he was really pretty influential. But then yeah. against us, he kind of vanished. So I'm kind of hoping he might do the same this time. Yeah. All right, move on to Fringe Force 5 uh, this week. Force is Cam O'Shea. Should be a pretty quick one. Um, Cam O'Shea is still in the side somehow. Um, he hasn't, he's <laughs> Who not ever getting... saw that happening? I know. I'm, I'm I think genu- last time we spoke about him was after the Carlton game where he had an absolute mare. Yeah, yeah. No, no, the last time we spoke about... Yeah, that's right. There was a Carlton game when he played really terribly and he um, he certainly shook it off after that. That was the thing <laughs> of that podcast. He, but, uh, he must he have fa- listened he had some riffing form in that game immediately afterwards, but he's sort of faded away again now, and I just kind of wonder, like, uh, do you think he'll? Yeah, re- do you think he's great. revitalized? No, free but uh, who was? <laughs> well, I think he can play a, a really important role this week. So, mm. no matter who he stands on, I think um, you know a good Cam O'Shea is absolutely crucial to our side, and you know we know he can play bad, and we know he can sort of um, become a little bit of a head case at times, but. Yeah, we want the good good camo Shea out there, and hopefully he's got some confidence after the break and uh, can come out firing this week. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that if you go through the games that he's excelled, it's it's never the games when the entire team's falling apart. It's always the games where the team has some structure to it and they know what they're doing and they're fairly confident. And I think that he fits in a structure better than he yeah. does as an individual player. Which and it's really also makes- the games where you think, 
Oh, he's going to get absolutely pumped here. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, when he lined up against uh, Jack Darling, I thought, oh, my God, oh, Darling's yeah. going to kick 15 <laughs> goals today. And, uh, and he yep. kept, him goalless, kept him scoreless, I think, even. So, you know, it's usually when you expect Cam O'Shea to, uh, to struggle where he's uh, at his best. Yeah, absolutely. He's, uh, I suppose, in that similar Kane Mitchell kind of thing, except maybe a little bit more up and down, in that he can play well against good sides, but then against you know terrible sides, he can yeah. definitely go missing. He's very, he's an enigma. He's an enigma, I suppose. Well, for word. two years, he was just about our best finals player. So yeah, exactly. We know he can. Uh, we know he can deliver when uh, when the season's on the line. So mm. hopefully, he can uh, this week as well. Absolutely, uh, and I guess that we've been talking about we, we, we're getting into season wind up almost um, based on where we finished uh, uh, after before the bye. Um, is he, do you reckon he's going to be a chance he'll be at Port next year? Well, he's one of my favourite players, and I'd love him to mm. stay at Port. I think he's yeah. someone that we might look to trade off, um, yeah. and we might seek to have Riley Bonner sort of take over his spot in the side yeah. next year. Exactly. Um, I think that might be something that might happen. I'm not sure. It's going to be sad seeing him play for someone else, but um, you never know. Hopefully, we can get a, a top 30 pick for him and, uh, and pick someone pretty decent in the draft, as, uh, as we spoke about earlier. Absolutely. All right, we'll roll along. Um, Magpies are playing this week against Centrals at, I think they've got some ridiculous ground name, but it's Elizabeth Oval. Uh, <laughs> and it's on Saturday at 2.10 p.m. Centrals are fourth and later, Porter eighth. Um, yep. I just saw that Aiden Johnson's out for the rest of the season, which is a bit disappointing. I thought he might have had a shot in this second half of the year at the AFL level. Uh, uh, probably not. No, mm-hmm. I think he's mm-hmm. probably a little too raw. Okay. Had a really good half um, the last game he played before he ripped his hamstring. So it's a bit of a shame that he's going to miss the rest of the season because I think he's someone that really needs to get his body right and really needs to play some minutes um, mm. and, and get as much sort of experience on the field as possible. So it's a real shame that he's not going to get that through the second half of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, as far as the game itself, do you reckon we've got any shot of winning, maybe? Uh, I think Central's are pretty decent this year. Uh, yeah. I think they're, um, you know, they've surprised a few teams and uh, have a really, really solid midfield. I think that's um, it's going to be a really good battle, actually. With uh, You look at our midfield with Sammy Gray, um, Archie, Summon and Tumpus. Uh, that's going to be a really good battle, I think. Um, hopefully we can get on top there. Uh, we didn't last time we played. Um, so that's certainly something that we could uh, improve on. Yeah. Well, do you think there's any um, players in there that are hopefully on the up or that might be on the up and that should be watched in regards to a possible AFL inclusion? Obviously, Polek. Um, yep. I think that's a, that's a, an obvious one. Johnny Butcher um, as well. I thought he might have maybe been a slight chance to come in this week, but uh, okay. obviously not. Uh, and Jimmy Tumpus. I want to see him back at AFL level sometime. Yeah. So. Um, not sure what's going on there. He's played some consistent footy at SANFL level, but uh, obviously just hasn't done enough uh, to uh, to sneak back into the AFL side. And, and Jesse Palmer as well, who I think has had a, a pretty good year at SANFL level. And mm. I, want, I expect us to see him before the uh, the season's out um, get his debut um, in the AFL side as well. All right. Well, um, anyone wanting to go? It's at Elizabeth Oval, so, you know, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> and <That's it>. uh, <laughs> I guess we might as well look. It's probably going to be a bit of an early wrap. Um, not really a lot to talk about the game. Um, oh, we, haven't, we haven't done the game questions. That's what we've missed. Mm. We haven't done the questions from the people. What? I was wondering why we were under time. That's the most important thing, Paul. I know. There were really good questions this week, too. Let's do that now. All right. All right. Let's do it now. First question we've kind of answered from Johns. How good will Schultz and Dixon look together? Oh, incredible. Right? Yeah. Maybe the second coming of Neats and Shorts. I'm adjusting myself at the moment just thinking about it Uh, and I think this is the most controversial question that we've been asked by anyone this week another one from Johns mustard or no mustard on hot dogs I'm in the no hot dog camp to be honest Ah. it really depends on where the hot dog is from if it's a wicked dog then I don't want anything that he's created thank you very much (laughs) yes Um, if it's a decent sort of hot dog I don't know. Um, I'm usually no mustard, I think. I'm more of a sort of sauce and cheese sort of fella. Yeah. Look, I mean, I've got different... Depending on how you define hot dog, I've got different thoughts as well. Um, wicked dogs, yeah, no, don't eat them. Um, but if I'm really hating myself and I buy some hot dogs at the supermarket, then I'm just usually sauce. If yep. I'm having an okay hot... If I'm at a sausage... No, if I'm at a sausage chisel, I definitely only have sauce. I never have mustard on a sausage chisel. Um, yep. But if I'm having like a nice Vienna sausage... 
maybe a bit of bread from oh, an Apex Bakery and a bit of sauerkraut, then you've got to have a good seeded mustard every time. Um, yeah. Dump the sauce straight for the mustard. So that's my my small variations on hot dogs. Um, oh, that's fair. I like that. Yeah. That's a good answer. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I thought oh, I like it was the old well gourmet thought. hot dog with a bit of onion, a bit of bacon, you know, that sort of thing. So Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, value add. That's, bit of, that's a bit of chilli sauce. I'd be more inclined to put in oh, a bit of chilli yes. sauce than mustard. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, next question from Far Kern, which really, I suppose, if we're nominating usernames for the best name this year, um, <laughs> definitely the best name for this year. Yeah, right up there. Uh, with finals out of the question, what can we expect to achieve in the rest of the season? Uh, if they are out of the question. I don't know. I'm, I'm really not sure. I mean, no. I think... At this point, we were at the same point last year where yeah. it was kind of obvious that we weren't going to make finals. There was really no one that had really stood up and made themselves uh, accountable throughout the year and no sort of young players that had come in. So it was almost like a wasted year this time last year. Uh, then obviously Sammy Gray and Archie and Amon came in and, and had some pretty decent performances to end the year. So I want to see sort of similar this year. I want to see someone like Jesse Palmer come in and and play some really impressive footy. Um you know, I want to see Archie sort of make a name for himself and, and find some form and keep himself in the AFL system. You know, there are probably two players that I want to see. Riley Bonner as well, obviously our player sponsor. Mm. I want to see a lot of him. I want to see him um, get in the side and, and have a few kicks and see what he can do. Um, and I'd love to see Butch. At yeah. some... I want to see a triumvirate of, uh, of Butcher, Dixon, Schultz. I'm not too concerned about Butcher, but that's okay. Um, look, I, I guess my view is, this is where I get, I think I disagree with some people on the quality of our list, in yeah. that normally when a side is in this position, it's because they've got a pretty good top tier, but the young guys they've been bringing in to replace them haven't been getting games, and so they've got a, yeah. a bit of a natural uh, hole to fill in terms of experience on the list. But the real thing that makes this year kind of depressing is that they're not there. So we've got senior players that aren't playing well and we think, okay, time to gut the side, play the kids, but the kids aren't ready. No. The kids, they're not no, ready. Right. We, don't ha- we don't have the depth that we need to do that. No. Um, no there's really no one really staking a claim to, uh, to nah. force their way in from the SANFL. As I said, you know, guys like Bonner and, and Palmer and, and Archie have been okay, but um, yeah. there's no one sort of really knocking the door down except for Kane Mitchell who's come in. So... Yeah, but then also the player types that, that we're talking about. The player types we're talking about as well. Like we're not talking about the the guys that we're having trouble with. Really, we're not talking yeah. about centre screen midfielders or you know a, a, a top line key backman that can be the shutdown guy when Homsch is being required to, or things like that. We're not talking ruckman. You know, um, the guys that are fit are the guys that you would hope to be able to recruit easily anyway. Yeah. Um, so well, that's, the, cha- that's the changes that I want to see aren't going to be done through uh, the final sort of eight games or whatever it is. No. It's, it's, it's got to be done in the off-season. And that's, you know, obviously skills. Our skills aren't going to get any better towards the end of the year. Our pace isn't going to get any better towards the end of the year. And our tackling's not going to get any better. So they're the three things that I want to see changed in the side. And they're the three things that we have to work on in the off-season. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about borrowing things from other sports all the time. But if we're going to borrow anything... Um, we should borrow the fact that a game like Football Manager exists and it's the nerdiest game possible. Um, But it exists exists because it's recognised how important the off-field aspects of the game are and uh, that's definitely, I think, the area that... uh, Off-season aspects, I should say. Uh, And I think that's really where we've got to absolutely knock it out of the park this year. Yeah. um, So, rest of the season, I agree. Not a lot we can do. Just hope and, and keep people accountable. Um, the next question from Jim Dixon, which I'm not sure, I don't really have a position on this one, um, which was, why does KT seem to favour staying in the SNFL over joining the AFL, an AFL reserves or the VFL or in any AFL alternative? Probably the cost involved. Yeah. yeah I think, think would be the main answer. It's it's a lot cheaper to stay in the SNFL, I think. Um, having to you know have the second half of your list travel every second week interstate, I think um, yeah, it's going to be quite costly. Um, yeah. You know, for, for young players that might not be used to that as well. Um, I don't know. I, I'm all for an AFL reserve system. I think that would be great. That would be my preference. But um, I can see why um, maybe the club doesn't think that way. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wonder, 
whether it's a long-term plan. Like at the moment, we're just sort of saying, no, we're happy with the SNFL. But as the SNFL gets worse and worse and clubs go more and more down the toilet, um, which seems an inevitable spiral at this point, then mm. it will probably be easier and cheaper to leave in the future than it is now, I guess. Yeah. That's my thought. Um, yeah. You know, we might not be left with an SNFL at some point <laughs> to, to even play in. No, that's true. I guess the other issue is maybe what you do with supplementary players. Are you taking yeah, sort of supplementary yeah. players interstate to play against other AFL reserves teams? Mm. Um, and if that's the case, then should we just sort of add an extra seven or eight players to team lists? Is that going to sort of stuff around with um, with the quality of sides, you know, all that sort of stuff? So yep. I don't know. There's there's lots of issues there, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um Right, and the next question, this is one that was answered in the thread itself, but it was just so appalling I need to mention it. Um, a question from Jimmy Beercans asking, is it true that the South Australian under-18s sing the pride of South Australia after a win? Um, someone posted a YouTube link and confirmed yes, except that instead of saying Adelaide Crows, I think they say SA team. Uh, that's appalling. How did that happen? It's, it's uh, diabolical. It's not good. It's not good. Ugh. God, it, it's... The, the, Surely like, they, they should have been able to find some sort of alternative. It's like the way the Adelaide Crows permeate all these places they shouldn't be. It's like they're there in the NRA or something. Like, they just... Ah, oh, they shouldn't... That should not be happening. No. Disappointing. Uh, uh, and the last question, um, Wolfie1870, asking, how many aeroplanes will Troy Chaplin do tomorrow? And I thought I'd answer that in the form of a question. If Troy Chaplin does an aeroplane at home and nobody sees it, did he do an aeroplane? He's not playing, so he won't do any. No, he's not playing. Ah, <laughs> sucked in, Troy. Bad luck. Yeah, yeah. Do you think yeah. we'll see him again? Do you think he's done? Do you think he's out? Oh, he's done as an AFL player. This is his yeah. last season of his contract. He had yeah. a four-year deal in front of him, oh, of course, I think. Yeah. And I really can't see him um, getting another contract at Richmond. And certainly, he's certainly not going to get a job anywhere else. Um, yeah. So no, this uh, this could be it. He might get a farewell game later on in the year, but uh, that'd be about it. Yeah, it's. Um, I think that we all had pretty high hopes for Troy Chaplin as a footballer when he started with us, and he Look, he right. played some yeah. decent footy for us. So I mean, yeah. I, I think yeah. a lot of people go a bit overboard in uh, in criticising him. And look, he was sort of someone that was kind of all talk, no action on the yep. field, like to sort of finger point and do all that sort of stuff. And and it's great to laugh at that now, but. There was sort of two or three years where he, he did play some pretty good footy for us, yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, it, it was it was a shame that he went um, went back to Victoria, I think. But uh, you know, he certainly uh, provided us with many laughs since then. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that, and I agree. He did play some pretty good games for us. Um, I suppose when we had a, a more structured setup than we do now, um, yeah. or, or did when he left. Um, obviously, when he left, he lifted it point of huge turmoil at the club and so it's understandable that he wanted to leave and we probably were lucky that more players didn't leave at that time but um yeah I think we're all I think that was probably the time where players really needed to come together um yeah you know with the whole J-Mac thing uh, that that happened a couple of weeks before that Uh, though I guess the deal was probably already signed sealed and delivered so Mm, mm. probably can't criticize Troy for that but would have um yeah, I don't know. Maybe it would have been nice for him to stay, but I'm certainly happy he left, and uh, and I think we're in a better place now because of it. Yeah, I don't think we lost much. Um, no. Anyway, all right, now I guess it's time to do right, the And to answer the question, I think he's going to do seven aeroplanes at home. So. <laughs> I think he will do none, but he might have a bowl of aeroplane jelly. <laughs> <laughs> he might do. While he's writing another uh, uh, email to the club, to his former teammates. Oh, we're harsh. Okay. All right, well, look, we'll move on to the final raff. Um, who's your winning side? What's the margin? And who's the highest goal kicker for Port Adelaide? Oh, I'm going to say Port by five points and uh, Chad to kick four goals. Only five points? You think it's going to be that close? Yep. Oh, my God. It's going to be a tight one. All right, well, I'm going to... I've got an entirely different view of this, but that probably means not a good thing. I think we're going to win quite comfortably. I think we're going to get ahead early and then just sort of ride it out and maybe come away with a 30-point win. Okay. Uh, and as far as goal kickers, I'm going to say Westhoff because Schultz and Dixon will get attention paid to them and Westhoff won't. So I reckon Westhoff will probably kick, say, three or four. Okay. I guess. You disagree? Yep. You sound like you I'll disagree. In before Dylan Grimes keeps him scoreless. 
Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Could we'll happen. See. Could we'll happen. See. Obviously, you'd love for uh, for Wesley to, to get off the chain a little bit and uh, kick a few goals. And, you know, it, it hopefully should happen that at least one of those key forwards uh, kicks a bit of a mini bag. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd hope so. I mean, he's finally getting... This week, he'll get to do what he hasn't been able to do for a long time, and he'll actually get to play as the third tall forward, which is his yeah. best role, I think. So. It is. If he's going to perform, this was the sort of week he probably should do it. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy with my choice. Um, the immediate. Who's your immediate for Port Adelaide this week, Macca? It's got to be Danger Mitchell, surely. <laughs> yeah, true. There's no, there's no other option this week. <laughs> it's got to be, you're right. <laughs> it, it's got to be Kano. Um, as I said earlier, he's, he's played some good games when we've been under the pump against some decent opposition. Yeah. So I'm thinking he's going to get at least 15 touches and a couple of goals. Yeah, look, I'm just going to duplicate that one because you know we're not going to get a better um, from nothing to playing well opportunity than Kane Mitchell this week. Uh, we know he can play, and uh, he'll be busting a gut to have a crack and get some money and maybe possibly drag out his AFL career another year if he can. So yeah, um, he'll be. And I think to... importantly, mm-hmm. I think he plays his best footy when he first comes back into the side. Yeah, that too. Yes, it's almost correct. like he gets a little bit comfortable and then sort of struggles a little bit from there. But those sort of first two games he can't, he plays uh, when he comes back in are usually um, very, very good games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and your immediate for Richmond? Uh, look, the one that I was going to choose got dropped. Um, oh. I was going to pick Townsend. Uh, right, so okay. I'm going to say, I don't know at this point. I'm going to say uh, Reese Conker. Okay. He's probably a bit of a waste of a first-round pick for them, to be honest. Um, yeah, and again, yeah. kind of like Brandon Ellis maybe encapsulates uh, their issues at the moment um, in uh, in their quest to be the most vanilla team of all time. Uh, so I'm going to say Reese Conker is going to um, maybe play on Ollie Wines. Okay. Maybe do a bit of a job on him and uh, keep him really quiet. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go with one of the ins for this week, uh, Ben Griffiths. I think ben that, Griffiths, yeah. Yeah, I, I look, I don't think he's amazing, but I think that there's just enough height in that forward line that it could expose us if Logan Austin doesn't have a good day at all. Um, and if he's going through ruck, then that frees up a lot of opportunities, like Vicar will play forward all game. Um, Marich might even get a run up forward. They might just try to outhide us in the forward line at some point. And with it being a clear night, um, tolls are good, so... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, and look, if there's a late change for Richmond, I see Andrew Moore's in the emergency. So uh, oh, maybe yeah. him to come in and have 28 touches and kick three goals in a in a career performance. I don't say that, Macca. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, last one. Who's your, what's your bet the house for this week? What's the thing you're pretty certain is going to happen, but it's still a bit of a call? I'm going to bet the house that Richmond is going to lead at every change uh, and we will come back and win the game in the last quarter. Wow, okay, okay. That's uh, What makes you think that, Macca? don't know. I, th- I think Richmond are going to come out of the blocks early. I think they might lead by three or four goals at quarter time and we'll just slowly peg them back. Uh, we'll be within, uh, within 10 points at the last change and we'll kick uh, three or four goals to nothing in the last quarter and, uh, or maybe, as I said, I think we'll win by five points. So obviously that mathematically doesn't work, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just see Richmond sort of having a really good sort of first three quarters and us um, just slightly pegging them back and, uh, and getting o- over the top of them when it matters. All right. Excellent. Um, well, as long as we win, I guess that's the important thing in, mm. in some ways. But the melts on the game day through, it'll be crazy if that happens, Macca. Oh, it will a quarter time <laughs> if we're down by four goals. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I'm going to go... It's a bit of an odd one, but I'm going to pick a very... One. I think Jack Rewalt will kick four, but I think that'll probably be from about five marks, and I don't think he'll have a lot of impact on the game apart from just being a finisher. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I think that's kind of what he did last time as well. So yeah. kick three, but didn't really have a huge impact. Yeah, um, I think oh, yeah no, that's happen. fair. I think that could happen. Yeah. All right. Well, look, um, I think we've reached the end of the show. We're almost exactly on the hour, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the election this weekend looks to be less interesting than the media's making it out to be. Um, I see the odds on a Liberal winner extremely high, which, mm. I'm, I don't know, I guess the reminder to everyone, go vote. <laughs> Hooray. Hooray, <laughs> exciting. Yes, <sighs> just what you want to do with your Saturday. Yes. Is, uh, yes. Is vote. 
Well, I mean, you certainly don't want to go to the football this week on Saturday. I think it's the Carlton-Collingwood game, so um, <laughs> that'll be very interesting. Anyway, mm. yes. All right. Well, look, we'll wrap it up. Um, I guess last thing to say, Macca, thanks for coming on. Thank you, listeners, for listening in. And Khan Port. Khan Port Adelaide. Wines. Gray. Fancy. Well done. Still gray. Hamble's good. West off. Could kick a goal from here. He does. What a start. 